Dateline, September 10th, 2010. Well, good day, folks. I'm Steve, back for the Australia Desk for episode 114, and with me is Grant. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you going? I'm, I'm amazed. We're actually doing this on a Friday night. Can you believe it? How organised is this? Well, yeah, we're organised, and we've got a lot to do on the weekend coming up. Uh, I've got first aid training. I'm uh, going flying in a yak. And we've got the Dawn Patrol again. So uh, lots going on for both of us. So probably better to get it out of the way while we still have a bit of time, yeah? No, oh, yeah, there's nothing like a good yak, mate. We'll have a good yak now. Oh, yakety yak. Yeah. Don't talk back. There you go. Well, Grant, has there been any news this week around, oh, I don't, something about Virgin Blue? Delta V, or, or maybe not. Yeah, that's right. Virgin's been knocked to the curb twice in the last 24 hours. A couple of days ago, they got the word that the DOT in the USA was saying no to the Delta V alliance. Their main reasons were that Delta and Virgin had not had sufficient time working together to establish a proper relationship, and, and also that uh, they didn't see that it was going to really uh, allow all the benefits of competition that haven't already been done. So they're saying, no, go away for a little while and uh, take some time. They're not saying it'll never happen. They're just saying they've got some objections and they don't see it being allowed for a while until until time's gone on. So uh, that was the first problem. And then today, the alliance with Air New Zealand was knocked back by our very own Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, who said, sorry, but this isn't going to uh, help the consumer. An interesting take on that one. I think that could swing either way. I think what their fear yeah. is at the ACCC is that, of course, they're going to create some sort of monopoly or at least a duopoly, um, and uh, that's going to force prices up rather than down. Yeah, it's, it is kind of interesting, uh, mate. As uh, Ben Sandilands pointed out in his Plain Talking blog, just a little throwaway bit towards the end of his his commentary on all this, was that the head of the ACCC just happens to have Chairman's Lounge access with Qantas, doesn't he? Yeah, I just find that the ACCC, Grant, they run hot and cold on things. I mean, consumer groups are, are constantly hounding um, the ACCC to investigate, particularly the oil industry. Uh, you know, there's always claims of collusion going on there. And of course, um, you know, the public is always quite frustrated when they come out and find that, you know, the, the companies with the biggest pockets and who really run the world, like oil companies, for instance, don't ever have any competition issues, even though, you know, the, the price of fuel here goes up and down all at the same time during mm. the week. It's yes. just amazing, isn't it? But of course, airlines are uh, probably easier targets and, uh, you know, obviously um, something that's always in the public's mind and, and easy to go after. So I don't personally think it was a huge issue. You know, they're not Australia's biggest airline and New Zealand itself is not a huge airline really by world standards. And um, I think probably it would have benefited the travelling public here, they're still competing against other airlines such as Qantas, such as Jetstar, uh, you know, such as uh, Qantas Jet Connect. So there's still quite a fair bit of competition going backwards and forwards across the Tasman. As we well, talk about quite often, Grant, it's, it's one of the world's busiest air routes. Yeah, well, especially if you throw on Emirates and uh, their knock-ons and imagine if Singapore Airlines decide to do the same as Emirates, come into Australia, keep flying on to New Zealand and back. <laughs> you got these aircraft, might as well use them. Eh, what the heck, let's flood the market and drop the prices even more and see who survives. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting and uh these two knockbacks, it's not they're not over yet because uh, Borghetti still has the chance. He and the Virgin team have two weeks to come up with their responses to the objections from the DOT and uh, the ACCC. So it's not knocked out of the court yet, but it's not looking real good either. And this does start to raise questions for the whole uh, strategy that Borghetti is introducing of uh, growing the airline through strategic alliances and powerful alliances with the likes of Air New Zealand, Delta V and Etihad. Because, of course, now we find that the ACCC has fast-tracked their assessment of the Virgin Blue Etihad agreement as well. So big news for Virgin, and uh, they're taking a couple of punches, but, you know, let's see where it goes. 
Yeah, and I wonder too if this was not entirely unexpected. I mean, uh, you know, from the airline industry's point of view, this may well prove to be just a very interesting test case. I mean, uh, you know, they would have the option to take it through the courts and, you know, in the end they might uh, take it right up to the high court and let let them decide. Yeah, that could be tricky in the US, but over here in Australia, they, I would, would not be surprised if they did decide to follow that path. But we'll see what happens. Um, it's early days yet with this this whole issue and it is a bit of a surprise. Not many of us thought it was going to going to get knocked back. We were pretty sure that both the DOT and the ACCC would go yes to both of these, but I guess we'll see. All right, Grant, we'll move on to our second story here. Just a quick one before we finish up and uh, we're talking about Qantas. And uh, Grant, you know how we're always saying where it's new, it's JQ and Jetstar is basically taking over and becoming the parent company of Qantas technically, the way we always look at it. Well, hmm. Interesting, Grant. Looks like things might be just swinging back the other way just temporarily. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, things are picking up a little in the market and Qantas have said they're starting to put some uh, Qantas flights back onto routes that have been purely Jetstar. Now, this isn't handing it back from Jetstar to Qantas. What they're doing is they're actually increasing capacity for both Jetstar and Qantas and putting some Qantas flights on a few of the routes that Jetstar is running. A particular one that comes to mind is the flights to Hamilton Island. A very long time back when Jetstar was uh, kicking in, Qantas turned around and uh, pulled their mainline service off the flights to Hamilton Island because they said, oh, hey, it's it's just a uh, tourist thing. So no one really wants to spend a lot of money. Well, it turns out there's a lot of rich people live on Hamilton Island. They got all very upset, not very happy with the Jetstar lack of quality and so on. And now that things are finally picking up, Qantas is looking at putting a few mainline aircraft on with their uh, their business class and so on. However, this now means that on some routes, you've got both Jetstar and Qantas aircraft flying on it. So there is a perception that could cause a little bit of confusion or a little bit of competition between the two arms of the same organisation. It's interesting, Grant, in this article that we're reading here in The Australian by Damien Kitney, he's actually saying here that Qantas and Jetstar fly together on 30 routes across Australia at the moment, or actually across the domestic and international network. And uh, it goes on to say here that the group has the, the flexibility to scale up domestic capacity by up to 15% this year. That's interesting and that's that's a, a good sign really for the economy, if nothing else. Yeah, well it is a good indication that people are starting to travel again. We are getting more uh, international passengers coming in as well. Uh, turns out that Asian tourists are spending more than any other tourists to Australia. We're getting way more internationals coming in and they're not just coming into Sydney, they're going to the whole country. They're being spread across the various ports that uh, airliners can come to. So yeah, it's, it's, it, is pick, it is showing signs of picking up, but maybe this is a last gasp before yet another recession hits us or or uh, maybe things are coming back. Well, another interesting point to look at too is that um, maybe this shows us, I mean, we were just talking about Qantas's main rival, Virgin Blue. Now, we talked last week and probably even the week before about Virgin Blue's shift towards uh, chasing the business market and, and going for more of uh, what would be seen as the traditional Qantas passenger. Maybe Qantas is looking at that and going, uh-huh, we better address this problem right now because there has been a lot of fall-off of main mainline Qantas routes over the years and uh, they've, mm-hmm. a lot of those routes have been farmed off to Jetstar. And as you say, Grant, that hasn't always been popular with the travelling public. Uh, Maybe Qantas has been forced to look at this issue and say, we better address this right now or we may lose market share. Oh, definitely. Definitely. They're, they're now very worried about the fact that Virgin Blue is going, we've got a good share of the domestic market down at the uh, the budget end and in the middle. Yeah, it's all pretty good. But look at this big premium top end of the market, the corporate end and things like that. And as Borghetti was saying during their uh, their market review, every percentage that they grow in uh, in the corporate end translates to a percentage point of increase in their profit. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, Grant, that's interesting. And I'll tell you what, um, some weeks we come to the Australia desk lately and we're thinking, gee, it's been a pretty quiet news week, but we had a raft of stories. We think those are probably two of the better ones this week. But uh, boy, it's been uh, really interesting times uh, with the political scene here changing uh, in equally interesting ways. <laughs> <laughs> not, not great ways in my opinion, but, you know, in interesting ways. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, lots of lots of change happening in this part of the world at the moment. So, you know, I guess we're living in, in exciting times down here. Well, we're certainly living in interesting times, that's for sure. Anyway, we'll leave it there for this week, folks. Uh, don't forget, you can also hear us on Flight Time Radio. Uh, Grant will be on this week. Yes, that's right. This, this weekend we've got another episode going out. You'll have to tune in to hear what it's about, but it's pretty cool. Yep, and uh, we're up to episode 42 in Playing Crazy Down Under, folks. If you haven't uh, paid us a visit for a while, well, we'd love to welcome you back. Come and give us a listen and send us a bit of feedback. We'd uh, love to hear from you. But uh, that's enough shameless self-promotion for this week. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.